0: Welcome into Gridiron Sunday Night Live. That's right, it's Sunday night. We're live, uh, live after week one of the NFL season. Not over yet, still two more games to go. Uh, Delighted to be joined by Ollie
1: Conley. Ollie, good to see you again, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing good, where's your energy, man? This week one of the season, it was an absolutely chaotic day. We had tons of missed field goals. We had a tie, a tie in week one. We had final drives. We had winning on a two-point play rather than kicking an extra point to tie, it was a chaotic, chaotic early afternoon and evening slate.
0: The really funny thing was, and we'll get into this in a minute, the first like 30 to 45 minutes of the NFL Sunday was really like, it wasn't quiet, but in in reality, in terms of different Sundays, it was a bit quiet and then it just, it just exploded.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was it was crazy, really. um And I know we're going to dig through the games. I think we should just kind of lay out to the people the point of this show. Some people will be listening to this in podcast form. We're going out live across all of the Gridiron social channels. If you do indeed stay up in the UK or wherever you're listening around the world for Sunday night football every week, Michael and myself or a rotating cast of Gridiron hosts are going to jump on in this time slot to kind of quickly recap some of the the most interesting storylines from the day. Then on Monday. There'll be more of a deeper dive into certain topics. We're going to hit on like, what, one or two of the, the biggest topics. But it's funny because we were texting just before, right? What should we talk about? <laughs> because the whole idea for us was, let's get on. We'll chill. We'll have a bit. It won't be as in-depth as we usually, you know, do analysis and stuff at Gridiron. We'll just chill and say, wow, wasn't it crazy when Carson Wentz did that mad shit thing he did? And as you just go down the slate one by one, like, you know, I'm sat there. At Seven o'clock going, man, the Dolphins pasting the Patriots is going to be a big storyline. And it's probably ninth on the slate. Now, Patrick Mahomes torch the earth in Arizona. Right. I've had all these people from Arizona, Michael, as I'm sure you're aware, for six months now coming after me because I've done nothing but criminalize. The the Cardinals defense because I understand how flawed that thing is. Understand that Vance Joseph, a guy I really admire, is going to get lobbed under the bus at the first possible sign by the the brain trust, quote unquote, over there in Arizona, and they just get demolished by Patrick Mahomes and the, and the New Look Chiefs offense. And that's probably like what fifth, six on our, on any potential running order. I mean, where is the kind of number one story that you immediately jumped to? It's that
0: Chargers Raiders game. I loved it. That was just after seven months and I'm not counting the pre-season I, I loved it before we get into it man uh, you're talking about beer mm-hmm. I ask everyone listening to this or watching this now how does a free case of beer sound uh, as you can see top of the screen if you are watching this our pals at Beer52 are offering you a free case of eight beers simply go to beer52.com slash gridiron and all you have to do is cover the postage cost of 5 95 to claim your free case now Beer52 is the biggest beer club in the world and each month they send their members a free or sorry they send their remembers a case of beer from a different part of the world there's even an irish case which i know you're going to get from me <laughs> yeah. next week
1: yeah. but uh, tell me your beer what beer have you oh, got? what i have today should i show this to the camera would that be professional i have this kind of cool funky stripe looking thing and it is a solar flare session ipa brewed with papaya pink guava and mango i believe it's from denmark um, I don't know if I've ever had a Danish beer. Is am gonna make some of a solid dumb now? Is Carlsberg from Denmark? Is that, is that from Denmark? I've never been to Copenhagen, but
0: I'm nearly certain it's Danish. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I've had I've <laughs> had the classics of Denmark. I've not had kind of the off the beaten track, interesting, cool ones. I will now give this a try on podcast. Great podcasting when I drink my beer. Yeah, that's good. That's my that's my review. That's very, very good
0: i've got a hazy day hero hazy session ipa i've got a fun fact Mm -hmm. i have never really had ipas apart from when i go on my travels to certain ipa bars in manchester for example so (laughs) this could be anything for me to
1: see and i will say i only drink lager unless i'm having like a gin on a mad hot day but i only drink lager so when these rocked up i was like everyone a bit like uh, let's find out what all the the noise is about with these things and they are legit good it's like it embarrassed me how i was like yeah i don't do that stuff i just go for lager and now i've had this and i'm like yeah this is what i drink now this is pretty good
0: Uh, beer52.com slash gridart. If you are listening to this uh, on a Monday morning, on your commute to work, or if you're waking up after watching Sunday Night Football, uh, check it out. You get your free first case with that link, and it's 5.95. Just cover the postage, and uh, it should get to you in a few days, but uh, I definitely recommend it. There's snacks as well. Talking about snacks, Mm let's. I'm just going to jump into this game first, right? Uh, I mean, if you want to go to this next one after, but the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense snacked on Hello, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals today in the first half Ollie Joe Burrow is well he's the second quarterback in the last 20 years to turn the ball over four times in the first half um, of the season so the last person to do it do you know who it was? in the first half of the season four times the first, the first half of, I think it was the first half of the game in the season but uh, first uh, yeah turn the, turn the ball over four times in the first half Mark, like that is Mark Sanchez josh allen in 2019 oh, wow. against the jets so he shouldn't be too concerned but uh that game with Everton, it really really did and that Steelers defense ollie just looks unbelievable
1: yeah they always have done you know we, we we talked about this in the betting pod i think in a preview show on wednesday too that we're in this situation with the bengals offense where they were going to have to kind of redefine themselves over the course of this season and i always thought it would take them some time i didn't think they would necessarily find their voice in week one of the season, that staff just isn't built that way. And we can run through some of the decisions. It means, to me, the most criminal part this far from the offense, which I think we should discuss a little bit and get back into. But I have to start with some of the Zach Taylor decisions. And this is a guy who has been handed the keys to, like, the Joe Montana of his, of his age. And you have a guy who when the big calls are needed, he just goes wanting, right? You have the, the touchdown to Jamar Chase that should have been a score that wasn't, that he should have challenged, and they end up Uh, what, first and goal uh, from, what, the one, two-yard line, something like that. And then they take four efforts, turnover on downs, and they give the ball back to Pittsburgh. So you go from a touchdown that should have been, they did not challenge, and it would have turned into a touchdown, to no points on the board and handing the ball back to the Steelers. Then you get the most bizarre decision to end the game where he plays for a tie by punting the ball with, like, what, those 50 seconds left, a minute, 15 seconds, something along those lines. And there's a rolling clock, and instead of letting the Clock roll all the way down, then punting the ball back to the Steelers to pin them in. He punts early for reasons that are entirely unclear and just hands the Steelers his 15 seconds to try and drive the field to kick a field goal and win. Just, it's, I mean, look, they could have still won the game, right? With Evan McPherson uh, hits one of those field goals in overtime, then they win the game. If Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't have an unbelievable play to block a field goal, they win the game. But there, there are concerns with their macro sense that offense, what it's going to look like. I'm not concerned the slightest about Joe Burrow, I think they figured that out. Um, but the, the, the wider concerns has been the concerns for three years is you have Zach Taylor, and it's is he what does Zach Taylor do that amplifies anyone in the building? And the only thing that I can see that he does that helps people is one, he empowers his position coaches, which I admire, and he certainly empowers the defensive coordinator to be one of the wildest mother bleepers in the league. And that's great because that that team needs that. But outside of that, you know, his job is to run, to be the head coach on game days, right? Run the sideline, run the challenges, all that stuff. He's not the play caller. And if that's your job, it's like Mike McCarthy. It's like If your job is to run the sideline and run the headset on game days, that's not a big enough thing. That's not challenging enough for you to ever make a mistake. Play calling is really hard. You can call the wrong play. Knowing when and when not to challenge should not be difficult. Knowing when and when not to go on fourth down should not be difficult. Knowing how to roll the clock should not be difficult. These are very low degree difficulty tasks that he just consistently, you'll have 8, 10, 14 a year where you're like, man, does that Taylor get it? Does he know the rules? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. So. Well, uh, yeah, we can get we can get into the Bengals, but I was just so baffled by some of the just d- decision making from the head coach. It seemed to me, watching it, that
0: Pittsburgh sat in February and watched the Bengals get to the Super Bowl, and that anger just built up in that defense over six or seven months and you could see it today so for example uh, Fitzpatrick had an interception 10 tackles Wiverspoon had six tackles Highsmith had three sacks TJ Watt six tackles a sack and an interception Wiverspoon had another interception as well sorry uh, TJ Watt may be injured we're not sure in terms of what's going to
1: happen there see, yet seems but pretty even... seems pretty clear-cut he came off the side I mean the video he seemed to say I tore my peck and then adam Schefter said he was indeed getting an mri that they believe he's torn the pec, and then he'll get the mri Torn peck is a rap you don't play in the nfl for basically nine months if you tear your pec. so yeah we'll await confirmation but that seems like the best defensive player in the league is going to be out for the season
0: after week one as well man that's that actually so i actually feel bad for him as well because that, that defense wasn't fired today but even going into your talking about zach taylor and some of the decisions that they made uh Mixon had 82 yards in the day. But there was no rushing touchdown for Cincinnati at all. Where, I mean, the Steelers were the same. But if the Steelers can get the 23 points with that sort of stacked defense, and Mitch Trubisky doesn't play that well, only has that one touchdown pass to Najee Harris. I think that maybe shows a lot, and we've said before in the preseason about the Bengals and and the direction that they have to go in, their defense was nowhere near as dominant as Pittsburgh's. Uh, I think B.J. Hill had the only sack in the game for them, so there's definitely ways that they have to improve, but I I know you're not concerned about Joe Burrow, I'm not concerned about him either, there's no point in jumping to conclusions after one week, but do you think there's a lot of issues there in cincinnati and the sense is they're not going to maybe get to that stage next or this season that they got to last year where they may, maybe got through and the afc now we have seen tonight it's so stacked man it's ridiculous. yeah well,
1: there was always going to be a reg- regression they were never a juggernaut right they didn't just roll people last year they kind of snuck into the playoffs and then got hot and they had they, they were always last season this way it's funny with i know that the gridiron staff particularly will gavin has had this mad back and forth with bengals fans throughout the week acting as though they just crush people, right? And they just KC'd their way through the entire league over the span of 17 weeks. They were always a game plan team last year. So they had a game plan against the Niners last year. Both sides of the ball, outstanding game plan and just just, uh, ripped them apart. That second half against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They got toasted in the first half of that game, right? Then they they deploy the drop eight coverage in the second half. It breaks uh, Patrick Mahomes' brains and they're off to the Super Bowl. So... They were always that kind of team. They were always boom and bust week to week, and their design of their systems are pretty boom or bust. They were not a heavy sack team last year. They were a heavy pressure team, and they forced a bunch of turnovers. On offense, as we've addressed throughout the start of the season, it was so down-the-field heavy. 11% of the offense was go balls from Joe Burrow. That was not sustainable at the rate he was hitting it at. So they had to adjust and adapt over the course of the season. And something that I wrote about last week was – Burrow just was not a very good player against the Blitz two years ago, right? Then last season, he just destroyed the Blitz. I mean, annihilated best in the league versus the Blitz. And if you can contain the Blitz package, it makes life incredibly easy for a quarterback. It is the ultimate force multiplier because it just so limits the defensive menu to vanilla looks and they're vanilla for a reason because the good guys break them too, right? So if you become a quarterback, Rodgers, Brady all those guys who just destroys the blitz that's how you break a defense over its knee because they cannot really disguise anything anymore unless they're really really creative on the back end and most defenses aren't so what we knew was going to happen was defense were going to back up retreat 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 take away the deep ball and they know they have to play bland so what do you do? You keep everything in front of you and just say we're going to be bland we'll just give him space and say can you drive 14 plays over and over again can you have six drives of 10 plus plays and that's really really hard and that's what happened to him today he gets frustrated he wants to take deep shots and that first half performance it was so evident that he was wanting to gun down the field right the seals are backing off backing off backing off playing deep 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 nothing behind us deepest deepest man and he just got pissed off and he would just lob it deep and there was what, was, what was it in the end? Five turnovers. So that is something that was always going to have to be addressed. If anything for the Bengals, if I'm being honest with you, I think this is helpful for them long-term because I think it forces an immediate understanding in the building. The coaching staff will have known in the offseason, we have to readdress the offense. The run game last year was embarrassing schematically and wasn't that productive. So they probably worked on that in the offseason. They will have known they had to change the design of the passing game because of how defense has adjusted to them last year. And when you've got young guys as good as Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is walking around with a cigar and a fur coat saying, I'm Joe Montana. And Jamar Chase is walking around with a cigar and a fur coat saying, I'm Randy Moss. The temptation is to say, fuck it, man. Let's just go throw it over the top of those guys. How deep can they get, right? So having that kind of embarrassing first-half performance, I think will settle them down and say, man, we like to win football games. And throwing to Jamar Chase underneath, that's not a bad thing, man. He's still of the best in the league at catching the ball after the uh, – making yards after the catch. Go look at what Justin Jefferson did today. It was not throwing over the top of the defense. It was catching the ball and then running with it. So I do think long-term they needed to kind of shake everyone together week and I thought that they would kind of be a bit bitty for four or five weeks where they were between these two worlds of last season to this season and I actually think getting that out the way and just taking a big clubbing to the side of the face week one will force them into having to make th- the changes needed more so with the players I think in the coaching staff having we, we haven't seen the film or anything yet they have, it's not out yet and, and I will dig through that but that is my kind of initial general impression for the Bengals
0: yeah, I was even looking at it, the overall point, and I almost forgot how bad that first half was because in, in the second quarter, social media was popping off by Burrow, and it was just it was just nuts, man. And yes, the Cedars defense seven sacks, four interceptions, one fumble recovered, one touchdown, one blocked extra point. Uh, there could be a case if that keeps happening over the next few weeks, you could call <laughs> it the best defense in football. But uh, look, it's it, that's, that's awful for what, man. I I know you mentioned it. You must have been pulling your hair out. Not that you need to, because you've got loads <laughs> Go of it, man. You must have been pulling your hair out at that decision and over time to, to punt whenever that clock was running down because that was just insane, man.
1: Seriously, like, what the hell are they at? Insane, costing yourself the game, essentially. Um, you know, your job as the head coach is obviously to never get in the way of winning the game. You might not be the reason you win the game, you know. I... I love Brandon Staley as much as anyone, but there are an awful lot of Chargers games they win where it's got nothing to do with the staff and they have this alien at quarterback, right? But at least Brandon Staley doesn't get in the way of the team winning. And Zach Taylor, for me, too often gets in the way of his team winning. And that's one of the, one of the clearest cut examples of that. Having said that, we, we should touch on the Steelers quickly because, man, yes, they win the game and it takes Minga Fitzpatrick making a freak play and it takes the freak occurrence of multiple missed kicks, right? That just doesn't typically happen in the nfl on a week-to-week basis at least not with a good kicker which is what we we think evan mcpherson is to only how many points did they end up with in the end 23 21 i can't remember off the top of my head 23 20, 23, 20. five turnovers 23 points and one of them was a pick six so he uh, uh you do the maths i'm not quick enough to do it off the top of my head how many did the offense end up scoring then you, you can figure out for me man was it 16 well uh... <sighs>
0: The, uh, Mitchell Trubisky only had one touchdown to Najee Harris, and my my understanding was there was no as I click here, there was no, there was no rush touchdown at all. So it was it was literally one touchdown to Najee Harris, and I think there was yeah there were three field goals, so sixteen. So yeah,
1: there was six yeah sixteen points. Well done. You are better at maths than me. You and Najee Harris also season. picked up a gruesome looking injury. I don't know if you saw that he bent his leg in a horrific looking way i mean if they lose i mean they've built this offense which is basically how do we hide our quarterback It's this bullshit matt canada offense which is gross to watch motion 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 shift 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 motion motion shift run the ball it's disgusting um and that's why they can't move the ball because they run this vile offense and they're reliant on the running back and now the running back is injured mitch risky was brutal For most of the game, he had that one unbelievable play in overtime, which actually did win the game for them. So you have to, you know, at least give him that part of credit. But even watching it, I'm like, man, they cannot move the ball on offense with outrageous field position, right? Five turnovers, outrageous field position. They can't move the ball. And even me, the guy who's being like, man, Kenny Pickett, I'm not so sure on him. I don't know. I don't even know if he can play. I'm watching, like, is this really the best they can do? Is it not worth saying bleep it and just throwing Kenny Pickett out there?
0: Well, this is what I love about living outside of the US on a game day and it's like the first game day for seven months. I love it whenever I've got like Ian Rappaport or someone in auto-tweets and it's like <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon and it starts coming through. I could have sworn one of the tweets i seen this morning was that as it stands, Tomlin is expecting to play the Trubisky all season, season one as the starter. But I know he's going to say that.
1: Jay Glazer, Fox Sports, he said Jay uh, Glazer does not miss. All right. It doesn't miss doesn't uh, real geez michael move in silence like lasagna jay glazer don't talk unless it's fox sunday kickoff you don't tweet you don't do nothing and he comes in and he is right 95 percent of the time and mike tomlin is the kind of person who yes is one of those guys who fully believes everything he believes until he changes his mind right he's like i am 100 percent until i change that i'm 100 percent the other thing i believe him man because as i've told you mitch uh um Can he pick it? I I don't think he can play. So (laughs) I I would not be stunned if Mike Dallin was like, yeah, I'm playing this guy all season. And it is fair to say, Mitch Trubisky, it's a new team, new offense. The offense is gross. It's going to take them some time to figure out too. So teething pain is totally understandable. And that was probably, and we can move on to another game. If you want the standout takeaway from, Week one in general, right, is just the amount of rust on these offenses, all these guys being rested, the limited practice time. It is so hard to develop an offensive line. And if you go through the number of linemen who have changed over this year, particularly when you go through the injury report from this week, it is an unusual number of new starting linemen. And that's the most difficult position to find any cohesion on. The rust was just unbearable. And we saw this last year too. I know we'll talk about the Packers. They were awful against the Saints in week one last year, right? It was just embarrassing. They couldn't move the ball at all. Same thing happens to them today in Minnesota against a better team, even that, that Saints team was on both sides of the ball. So this is going to happen. You know, week one, oh, incredibly exciting, but anyone who's trying to like extrapolate too much outside of the Bills are going to wreck the world. And I'm not so sure there's much else to take from that other than Justin Herbert's great. We knew that. The Bills are going to wreck the world. We knew that.
0: Give me a... Uh... A Bills, well, a Bills-Herbert AFD Championship game stopped uh, <laughs> 20, 20 weeks away. Mm-hmm. I can't believe i counting down the season. days the uh, herbert Man, I think we have to do this live first. Oh, yes. Or genuinely before the game. Uh, let's let's talk about that vikings packers mm-hmm. game uh i was producing a 49ers mm-hmm. thing i'm doing this at the same time but i caught a lot of it one thing i will say what we're doing is folks if you're listening to the podcast do check out the link for beer 52 as we enjoy our cervezas for a free case it's very good postage it, it is really really nice you know it's, I, I could definitely get used to this vip uh, <laughs> yeah. lifestyle Ollie. um I, I had the opportunity and I guess the pleasure of speaking to the, the head coach of the Vikings, uh, Kevin O'Connell. I'm, God, it must have been a couple of months ago. And I have to say at the time, I wasn't sure how exactly the Vikings were going to take that step up to compete with Green Bay and the NFC North. Now, look, I know there's a lot of issues in Green Bay, so we can't talk too much about the Vikings here tonight. But you, know, Kirk Cousins, average enough in the sense of he has 277 yards, two touchdowns justin jefferson 184 yards on the day an average of 20.4 but ollie like Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> wiley had 195 yards that man looked like it's a bit like whenever i get a new pair of glasses but i can't see properly <laughs> yeah. and i get frustrated he looked like a man that was just really really frustrated and look i mean Jordan Love came in as well so it's just (laughs) what a day for the Packers fans because I think a lot of like I mean me and you both in our viral season prediction Mm -hmm. post the other day have them to win the NFC North there's good things coming out of Minnesota and that sort of a, that hybrid or that Rams-offensive Phillips and O'Connell now have in to an extent is it's working for them so oh, far man. it's going to be intriguing to see what happens over the next few weeks That
1: offense super exciting I, I did my 22 crazy ass predictions before the start of the season early this week and one of the big ones was that the Vikings would one make the playoffs and two push the, the Packers really close to the North I think the Packers take it by a game in the end but I think it goes down to the final two weeks of the season and the big big thing was just that offense was pretty pretty good last year numerically but it was really mundane and predictable and i thought kevin o'connell who i don't think is necessarily a whiz kid i think he's clever and he is deploying some of the best tactics and kind of the greatest hits from around the league as opposed to devising anything kind of innovative himself though was some really cool stuff there they put justin Jefferson in the backfield which is unusual um Three-way go RPO, Michael. Michael loves when I discuss RPOs. They had a three-way go RPO from the pistol, Michael, with Justin Jefferson in the backfield. I almost fell off my chair. I was very, very excited. Um, I, I honestly think that some really cool stuff from O'Connell in that game, exactly what I wanted to see, which was just can he crank it up 4 or 5%. We're talking tiny fractions here of just taking the stuff. Kirk Cousins does well, which was ID'd pretty clearly last season because he played very well last season, but there were clear patterns where does this well, does this poorly. Can he shield and hide some of the stuff he does poorly? Can he crank up some of the stuff he does well? Simple things like moving Jefferson around the formation. Really basic stuff, right? He's the most dangerous guy in the field. The defense has to tilt his way. Really simple stuff. They did that today. But honestly, more so than the Vikings, that was a, so, such a rough outing for the Packers. So much drop zone. Not having Jair Alexander travel with, um, with Jefferson. Just a bizarre decision, right? It makes sense to me. I'm all for... Coaches coming up with a game plan. You know, these guys spend six months in caves trying to figure out how do we slow down Justin Jefferson? Okay, you want to play zone coverage? Totally understandable. Makes a ton of sense. Keep everything in front of us. We do not believe Kirk Cousins can can rip the ball over the top of our heads, and we think he'll make a mistake. Same thing as we discussed with Joe Burrow, right? Really understandable game plan. When you come out like that, and then you wind up with Zadarius Smith, your pass rusher, stood over the top of Justin Jefferson, and he cooks you for 20 yards, you'll have to turn around the sideline going, you know that thing we spent six months building? It's bullshit. It <laughs> doesn't work. We have Jair Alexander. Should we try, just for a drive or two, having Jair Alexander travel and cover Justin Jefferson? Good idea, lads. Let's give that a go. That should be the response. And instead, they stuck to the game plan that was just poor, and they they got they got ripped apart. I mean, they were much better in the second half, fortunately, but there were so many issues in that first half, which is a concern. I, I, I do think, honestly, that the Packers will be fine. Um, I don't know what was your general thoughts in terms of let's let's do the Rodgers discussion, then that's the defense covered off the Rodgers. It's going to be the big story. I did not think it would take him 10 minutes. I I thought he could hang on for maybe two weeks before he took it. I I thought the Odell Beckham signing would be the day, wherever Odell winds up, probably in LA, would be the day he took his first passive-aggressive shot at people. Instead, it took him eight minutes and he blew his lid. That was literally my next like discussion
0: point or question about Aaron Rodgers. first off, I think there's there's a number of different factors. That first half, uh, they went I had to look back, they were 17 nil down mm-hmm. at halftime. And the first half possessions, the uh, first one punt, punt, downs, punt, interception, half. I mean, that's a hell of a half for Aaron for Rodgers. I was surprised how quickly he got frustrated. And not just that, but I was surprised at the manner he got frustrated. He wasn't like He wasn't scoring up to someone like I seen Brian Dable get up to Daniel Jones and (laughs) it worked for them and they end up with the Giants. But it was almost like he wasn't getting his own way and I think he he spoke to the Fox analysts on on the sideline and mentioned that Devante Adams was his safety net. Now, if I'm a Packers fan and somebody describes Devante Adams, the star wide receiver that was there over the last few years, as Aaron Rodgers, who just got a massive payday as a safety net. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy on that much money needs to be throwing the ball to anybody. I think the the whole concept of maybe saying that you've got A.J. Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Tunyon, Watson there, and maybe they're not experienced enough some of them, I think that's complete rubbish and he needs to find a way to make it work I mean it's not just him but obviously the OC the team needs to find a way to build it around him and that might take time but my thought process is how long is Aaron Rodgers prepared to give it is he prepared I mean look the NFC in comparison to the AFC is it's not great
1: Ollie is it the thing I'll say uh, about Rodgers they had 12 yards to wide receivers in the first half right Justin Jefferson had more than that on his first grab of the day. It was bad. But having said that, I mean, some of it is skewed by the, the, the Rogers being frustrated thing will get massive play. Understandably so, because like, I mean, he's not a get in your face guy. He's a moper. He's a brooder. He's passive aggressive. That's what he does. He actually showed way more emotion than he normally does. Usually he sits there brooding on the sidelines and then says something shitty about a player in a locker room. Right. Or it doesn't even say about the play. Even that would be too direct. He just infers that things were bad to make everyone else feel terrible about themselves for the next week. For him to actually show frustration, I thought, was some kind of emotional growth from the man. I was like, okay, at least he's letting people know how he feels, um, which was kind of him. I don't know what people expect a Hall of Famer whose legacy is on the line week to week, essentially, now. Because we don't know when he's going to retire. It could be tomorrow. It could be in three years. When he hits a deep shot to Christian Watson in stride, who was brought there to be the deep threat, and the guy drops it. Right, That is not... Rookie stuff. It's not like oh well, he's a rookie. He drops it. A rookie stuff is hey, we're running a deep option route. He read the leverage the wrong way, goes the wrong way. Oh, he doesn't really understand the timing of routes. You know, in college it's three, but three can be four because there's not really timing in college. In the NFL, it's three, and you best be there. It's three with a hitch. You best be there. You best hit your landmarks. That's rookie stuff. Rookie stuff. Not understanding the hand signal when you make a check, Re- misreading the RPO. We saw that in um, the Giants game where they they blew. Um, they blew the screen where the guy, it was with Rogers actually in the Packers game. They blew the screen because the guy didn't turn his head around in time to find the screen. That's rookie stuff. Just dropping the ball 40 yards down the field. That's just talent. That's not rookie stuff. So I know I, I, I've said this throughout the offseason, man. They are going to get into situations where it's third and medium and they just need a dude and they lack a dude. And I think they will be fine for the regular season. That Vikings team, like I said, I think is pretty good. I think they'll run the hell out of the ball for most of the season. I think the tight ends are pretty good. And once the offensive line is healthy, remember, they didn't have Bakhtiari, they didn't have Jenkins today. Their two starting tackles didn't play, and that's two of the best tackles in the league. So it's, it's a pretty major loss for an offense. I think over the course of the, off, of, of, of the season, at, like last year, they were terrible in week one. They, those guys figure it out over the course of the season. They'll be fine. But this is, to me, the thing we all have to keep in our minds when they become good and they're eighth in the league and then they're sixth in the league and then they're fifth in the league. Remember this when we get to week 17, week 18, into the postseason is when it is third and uh, third and go and not crunch time, they don't have the guys on the perimeter, and it's just that simple. And Aaron Rodgers it can be as good as he wants. You, you ain't making up for not having Jefferson Adams, uh, A.J. Brown on third and medium
0: can't wait to see down the stretch and see what happens Uh, he threw his first interception against an NFC North opponent for the first time since 2019 today they've got the Bears next week the Bucks a week after the Pats and then the Giants over the next few weeks so it's going to be intriguing to see the run that they could go on in relation to how the Vikings could get on as well in the NFC North Um, I know we've got Sunday Night Football coming up what what time is it starting at Ollie? 15 minutes?
1: Yeah something like that let's see
0: we've got time I'll tell you what uh, do you want to give one more sort of element today in terms of what impressed you for me it was Dotson with the with the Commanders oh my god I I got a load of like um crap online for picking the Commanders (laughs) on Friday nights and I just I like the way the Jaguars are going don't get me wrong there's a lot to improve there but you can see that they're quite shook from last year and in terms of Urban Meyer it's going to take Doug Peterson time Trevor Lawrence there, there was there was a few mistakes today. Carson Wentz is about as trustworthy <laughs> as a car that's broke down about 15 times. But he he got he got it done today. I know uh, he, I think he had what two or Yeah, I mean it, it, he got he
1: he, he he got over the line. We we were there. in the middle, you know. I, I write these columns every year. It's called the Wensoning. I always go through the Wensonings, it's one of my favorite pastimes. We were very glad I th- I, I today was a solid seven on the Wentzening Richter scale. Um where he played really well to open the game, you know, when Castle went steps into a throw, as has always been the way, he looks like Dan Marino, right? Anything else? Anything else? Pre-snap communication, having to create on the fly, reading the game out—awful. Awful. That's why his Carson Wentz. When that guy steps into a throw in a clean pocket, unbelievable. And they've given him these guys on the on the perimeter: Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. These are just margin of error guys, right? They just make the margin of error so broad for him because they're so special. The Jahan Dotson touchdown, the out and up, is just a thing of beauty. Unbelievable stuff from him. One, the route, and then obviously be able to track and find it. But then we still got, we still got carson doing carson things throwing an interception on a screen throwing an interception the drive before because the guy just cannot help himself could i get out of his own way and he was fortunate he was playing the jags because i like you i i think they're going in the right direction still believing trevor lawrence I like the doug peterson fit with him but that that first half they were and the thing, the first quarter, it's like they were playing in a different league. It's like they didn't know what sport they were turning up to playing. It was, it was unbelievable. So the only thing they really have to hang their hat off coming out of this, because because Lawrence had the awful interception to end the game, Trayvon Walk would be the thing. So that guy is a, that guy is a, is a dude. Going back to who's got dudes, who's not. I mean, he's made the freakiest play of the of the of the season so far. I thought I know TJ Watt had a couple, but the the interception off the the screen is mad. When you look back at it. Where he has his arms to where his feet are, right? Because the guy's a tree. It looks photoshopped. It looks like Stretch Armstrong or something. It's insane. The guy's six seven with the biggest arms in the NFL, and the, the, he uses them. So that that would be the positives for them. Um, I wouldn't get too hyped up about Carson Wentz right now. He had an unbelievable half. He had three awful drives. Then he had an unbelievable throw to end the game. And that right there, my friends, is the the full Carson Wentz experience.
0: <laughs> there's a title for this podcast the full Carson right. Wise experience uh, when, when Walker made that play I thought they're going to go win this game and then I realised they're not, it's the Jaguars, <laughs> they still, still find a way um, <laughs> right um, if you're listening to this podcast check out the beer52 link in the link below, if you order all you have to do is pay your postage, you get a free case of beer, we got our cases of beer there's some snacks as well, really really good um, and I guess for the podcast uh, segment of this show Ollie, thank you very much for your time on I know we'll probably chat a good bit during the week about week one. Yes, it? I'll be speaking to you in the week. Great Iron Show coming up on Monday evening, folks as well. Thanks for listening.